Blog Talk Radio. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every... Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing, share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu Alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. joining us on this edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. And we invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak. And we will gladly open your mic and get your thoughts. And we'll be right back with our American Muslim 360 family joining us and our co-host, Kareem Hamid, after this quick break. So we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults 
many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid, every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. And we are back. Yes, we are now joined with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family here on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And we'd like to greet our co-host. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum as-salam, Naima. Alhamdulillah. It's a pleasure once more to join with you. On the female solution, alhamdulillah, I look forward to it every each each and every week. Yeah, praise be to God. Yeah. Well, I how are you feeling today? I am feeling fantastic. I am certainly grateful to once again uh, wake up on this side of the dirt, <laughs> and so grateful yeah. for our listening and viewing audience, and of course for those who are listening on American Muslim 360 or The Female Solution. Uh, if at any point you have a device, you want to pull up our Facebook or YouTube channel, The Female Solution, and make a visual connection, you're free to do that as well. But, of course, if you want to participate in our conversation and be heard, you need to call in 515-605-9325 or 515-605-9891. And press 1 so that our hosts can See your hand raised on the switchboard and open your mic and get your thoughts. Uh, today, brother, I want to talk about a very sensitive topic, but the inspiration came to me as a result of an experience that I had. I hadn't talked about it publicly, but I had shared it with our team. You know, we meet every every Sunday morning and kind of go through um, – our plans for programs for the week and that sort of thing. And if, and a few weeks back, maybe in a few months back, I had shared this particular experience, which I didn't realize had traumatized me. And mm-hmm. I realized it's an experience that 
too many women have and are carrying and affect our relationship. And I think it's time for us as a human species to address it. And so today we're going to talk about men, women, and rape. How do we remove sexual assault from our culture? And it's very difficult because when you've been traumatized, generally it's an experience that you have buried and have not addressed and healed from the emotional pain that it causes. Now, I uh, I have many male friends, and and we have a very loving, trusting relationship. We do business together. We attend social events together. So, you know, they're they're like my brothers, and and I appreciate their male energies because I did not have brothers growing up. I had I had two sisters. So I, I get a chance to, to see things from the male perspective because I have this trusting relationship with my brother, friends, you know. And it's important for us to have those wholesome relationships between men and women so that we can empathize with each other and we can actually help each other understand the opposite sex. Well, I had this experience during the pandemic, you know, a lot of us, you know, the end of 2020, by the end of 2020, everybody was basically inside kind of quarantining themselves, staying away uh, from social events. A lot of social events were canceled. A lot of restaurants were no longer offering in-house seating. Uh, People were feeling isolated and lonely and sad and so you didn't really have outdoor social functions to attend. Um, I say that to lay the groundwork of, of how this whole thing evolved. So a friend that I had met some years ago, who happened to be a pastor of a church, uh, came in town and called me up and suggested we get together and, you know, uh, talk and so forth. He was someone that I had great respect for, uh, you know, very knowledgeable very intellectual, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm one who likes to engage in intellectual stimulation in conversation and idea sharing, that sort of thing. And so uh, because he was from out of town, he was staying at a hotel downtown. And this was the height of the pandemic. There was nothing open, no place you go and sit down and eat and everything. So I agreed to go and meet him where he was staying at. And, you know, we're sitting in the lobby and, you know, wasn't really any place. I mean, the, the downtown area was totally abandoned, looked like a ghost town. During that time, it was just no traffic anywhere, no people on the streets. Everybody was staying inside. So there was no place to go. So he figured, okay, well, let's grab some pizza and go up to his room. That was the only place we had. Uh, you know, eat our pizza and so forth and, you know, catch up, whatever the case may be. Well, we got him to the room, and he got very aggressive, <laughs> uh, physically aggressive. And, you know, I mean, we were sitting, because he was sitting on the bed. I was sitting over across the room in the chair. Um, 
and I realized that this was probably <laughs> his testosterone was out of control. And so I probably should leave. So I got ready to leave, and we had a physical tussle. He got very – and he was, this person is very fit. We got physically, you know, involved. I had to physically fight this person off of me and fight my way out of the room. And, of course, after that, I left. We haven't spoken since. And, you know, when I got home, I, I reflected on that. And – you know, number one, okay, this is person, someone that I trusted because he was a you know, church pastor, right? You know, a prominent person. <laughs> and yet he lost control of himself and began to get so physically aggressive in the intention of sexual intimacy that I did not agree to that it became a physical fight where I literally had to fight my way out of the room. And, you know, I told a, a, you know, male friend about it. He's like, hey, you know, you want me to go and check him up? You know, and I'm like, no, no, I don't want that. I don't want it to be a violent thing. I need to reflect on all the things that led to that so that I could understand that I, I had made a miscalculation, a wrong decision about being in an enclosed space with someone who, uh, thought was that, okay, we're going to have this intimate experience. That was not my thought. And I was, for some reason, my intuition was not picking up the signals that would have alerted me to a situation that was not safe. So why was my antenna not up? Well, maybe I was in a state of, I don't know, loneliness, uh, boredom, whatever it was that made me not have my usual intuition functioning, and I had to to look at that. But then I looked at the whole thing. And what if he had been successful and there had been a sexual assault, all of the things that would have transpired after that, you know, whatever violence I would have had to inflict on him, which would have probably been a permanently damaging nature, whatever I would have had to do in terms of filing a police report and all the publicity surrounding that, his career being destroyed, all of these things. And I'm thinking, how is it that we get to that point of choosing to violate someone? What happens in the mind of a person? Now, some men say, well, you know, that's just how men are and women should know better. But I don't think that is the case, and I think that we've been reinforcing that for too long. So now this incident, this happened back in 2020. I'd kind of buried it in my mind and thought about it. And then recently, a friend and business associate invited to, you know, us to travel to an event, you know, that would have been a uh, business networking event would have been uh, beneficial for me to attend. And, you know, it was it was outside the city, so we'd been, you know, traveling a distance, you know, in the car, alone together. And I thought about these things, oh, yeah, it'd be great to go to that. And then this fear hit me. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, you're, you're putting your life in the hands of somebody. What if he goes off on you and you end up, you know, in some back alley? And I thought, wait a minute, where'd that thought come from? 
And I realized I was still traumatized by that event back in 2020 with the church pastor who I trusted and then got an unpleasant surprise. Uh, And this should not be. And I've never had fear. I never lived in fear. And now I'm realizing that I'm now having to overcome a trauma that I didn't realize was still there. And how many other women have these traumas because of having been violated by someone that they trusted. And often this this happens in childhood. Some uncle or even stepfather or mother's boyfriend or older sibling's friend or, you know, neighbor, somebody that somehow you trusted to be alone with and you were physically violated. And it affects your life forever in a way that is unimaginable. Now, we raised our daughter in a, in a in Muslim community, a global Muslim community. But the culture coming out of Pakistan, a lot of very strict separation of the sexes. And you find that in a lot of countries, uh, a lot of Eastern Muslim cultures, where men and women don't even talk to each other. And women, a lot of them wear veils and don't even see their face and all of that. We raised her in that community because my thought, my husband and I, you know, we wanted her to feel safe. We wanted her to be in a community of men who had been taught that you do not violate a woman. But then at the same time, I look at how that can get to the extreme where you're literally banishing women from participating in the society with the thought, well, you know, we don't want you to experience being molested. And when it gets to the extreme where you have women where you can't go out the house, where you can't be in this profession, where you can't, you know, go to this meeting, you can't sit in the same room with a man, then that literally puts men in the position of saying to themselves, I am a rapist and I will assault a woman if given the opportunity. Well, why would somebody want to reinforce that thought to themselves about themselves? That's not healthy. That's very damaging. That's like if, if I were to visit a friend who had a, a, a maybe was teaching a kindergarten class, and she were to say, well, I'm sorry, I can't have you in, in the classroom alone with my students. You might molest them. And if I were to agree, yeah, I could molest the children, that means that me telling myself I'm a, I'm a child molester. Why would I want to put that on myself? So why would a man want to constantly reinforce the idea that if given an opportunity, if he's alone with a woman, he will assault her because he's a natural rapist? I don't think that's spiritually correct. It's just like now there's a fundamental difference that Muslims and Christians have about belief in the human soul, where Christians say we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity and all of that, and Muslims say we're not born sinful, we're born pure. The society teaches us wrong behavior. So those are two very major differences in the belief in our basic nature. If you believe your basic nature is bad, then you're going to justify the bad behavior and inflict it on others. But if you believe that your nature is good, then you spend your life seeking to maintain the goodness or return to the goodness if it's been corrupted. Those are two different of opinion. 
And and so I would think that if a man is agreeing to see himself as a potential rapist, that's the same as saying I am born in sin, I have a sinful nature, that's who I am, I cannot evolve out of that. And I don't think that's correct because that's the purpose of our life is to evolve to higher consciousness. So I would hope that we would choose to evolve out of the rape culture that has permeated our society globally, humanity, for too long. Because women should not be living in fear. Children should not be living in fear. And yes, we all have a drive to connect physically with the opposite sex. And some people say sex, but that's another show. But the fact that you have rights over your own body that no one should violate, that has to be a fundamental teaching. And you know, I look at my daughter now. She's totally fearless because she doesn't have a memory of having ever been violated. So I think, you know, maybe raising her in a community where she felt safe among the men is good because, you know, they were like her uncles. And and so we recently had this conversation where we were talking about, you know, the practice of men and women not even being able to be in the same room. I said, well, you know, at some point, you know, we're all adults. And if you're you're if we're just having an activity where we're having you know events, we shouldn't still be having the idea we can't be in the same room because I'm a rapist and if I see you I might rape you. I mean my daughters don't look at you with fear. My daughter looks at all of you as her uncles. So are we in the idea of keeping ourselves respectful? Are we reinforcing a thought that, in fact, continues to reinforce a rape culture? So that's that's the concern on my heart today, realizing that I'm still traumatized. And a friend who's done absolutely nothing that should cause me fear uh, had the idea of just traveling to any, a, a business event and yet it evokes fear because of that memory of someone that I trusted who was supposed to represent a spiritual community violated that trust. So how do we remove the rape culture from our societies? And people have, have used different methods. Like I said, you know, I've raised my daughter in a, in a Muslim community where there's very strict separation of the sexes, but at some point, if you're at a point where you say we can't even be in the same room ever, then that's reinforcing the idea that I am a rapist, which is like saying I'm born in sin, which if we say we don't believe that as Muslims, then why are we saying, why are the men saying I'm a rapist? That's not good. And, and it isn't about wearing clothes, what clothes you're wearing. I mean, when I visited my friend in the hotel room, I was not at all dressed any kind of way, alluring, attractive, had a long black dress on, all that, you know. <laughs> But then it's not about what clothes you're wearing, because I just finished reading a, a book and, and, and listening to an audio book of the book. And I, if I can find the woman, if she's still alive, Marlon Morgan, he wrote the book, Mutant Message Down Under. I would love to have her on a show. She spent three months in an aboriginal community doing what they call a walkabout. They just walk across the country and 
you know, have experiences with getting food and learning and sharing things. And she was in a group of people that were wearing next to nothing. You know, maybe a little loincloth. Maybe the women, you know, slightly covered their breasts a little bit and, you know, loincloth. I and mean, not literally nearly nothing. But they were so spiritually evolved that they communicated telepathically. They didn't have to speak because that's the level of their spiritual evolution. And there was absolutely no danger at all in that community, no inappropriateness, nothing. So it isn't the clothing. It's the state of mind. Do you respect this other being and their physical vessel that they're wearing, their body, so that you would never violate them by touching them in any way that they do not approve? Do you have that in you as a being, as a soul? If that's who you are, then the community is safe. Can we evolve to that level? If other human beings have, then we should be able to. So what do we need to do in our teaching of men and women so that no one has to live in fear and no one has to be traumatized? That's the issue that I'm addressing today that I would love to talk about with my brothers because this is painful and we should not live in fear of each other. So, uh, Brother Kareem, before we, you know, take a break, I certainly would like to open up the discussion and get your thoughts on that. Is there something we're teaching our sons or should be teaching our sons for women to be in their presence and not be in fear? What are your thoughts? Well, praise be to Allah, alhamdulillah, um, we hold firmly to the truth of the matter. You cannot visit a infirmary where newborn babies have been birthed, and you cannot point out which one is going to be a rapist, which one is going to be a robber which one will be honest and truthful. Uh, We come here kind of as blank slate, as blank slate. And we hold to the idea that it is the environment and the society in which you live that will shape that child's thinking, value system, and behavior, and behavior. And we have to understand that we are not here alone. Let me say that again. We are not here alone. Uh, People, one of the greatest uh, feats of an entity, a way of thinking that the, the English people call Satan and that from the Quranic verbiage is called shaitan. And he is an influencer. He is an influencer. He introduces ideas to us that go against our normal human nature. And, and uh, you know, you can't, can't uh, how can I say the actually rapist is has been identified as as it's not a sexual uh, motive that the motive is to have 
control and power over someone. But I beg to differ. Um, with, if we leave out the desire for sexual gratification, then we're fooling ourselves. That is part of it, this rape mentality. There is uh, one that commits rape. Their goal is sexual gratification, is control, power, and sexual gratification. So we are born in an environment whereby that young child may may uh, come into an environment where uh, men are disrespecting women and using all kind of verbiage to downplay the importance of female. And he can be influenced by that. Now, lust is a natural desire. Otherwise, that is how we procreate. But that's not the, the main object. The main object is so that we can produce ourselves, but Allah has blessed that act with pleasure, with pleasure. So to uh, just discount the idea of sexual gratification and the idea that I can just take her, I can just take her, I'm bigger than her. I'm stronger than her. And I want to satisfy myself sexually with her, whether she like it or not. Um, that, child, that man was not born like that. I guarantee you that he's not born like that. But something has influenced and affected his nature whereby he, he uh, has lost control over himself and has allowed the appetite for power, dominance, and sexual gratification to go unchecked. We have to be, how can I put it? Yes, we have to be aware of the environment we're in and how we can be influenced in aberrant behavior. No child is born a rapist or a thief or a murderer. But we are born into an environment in a society that can negatively affect us. Now, my question to you is, and uh, it's not a put down, but we, you know, in the Islamic faith, a man and a woman that are not married, should not meet privately with each other. Because you never know. Satan is very cunning. He is more cunning than we are. He's very, very, uh, he can influence us. It is not just the male and female that is present, but Satan is present. So we encourage women to be accompanied by someone if they are to meet with a male privately behind closed doors. Uh, Not that that man is a natural rapist, 
No, we we don't know. You can't. You you couldn't look at him and say, "Well, yeah, he he'll try to rape me." You couldn't look at him and say that. But as a precaution, let's follow the adab of our religion. Adab means the manners, the ethics, the ethics, and the way of our religion of our faith. Uh, I heard a news report that a Muslim woman was, had left her home, and she had her son with her, a six-year-old little boy. And their land, the landlord in the business, I mean, in the building that she lived in, just out of the mere idea of her being Muslim, he stabbed, he killed the six-year-old and tried to kill her, and tried to kill her. So I'm quite sure there were no signs of uh, of him being that type of a, a person. But if we follow the logic of our religion, that will safeguard us. And not only are women being raped, we're... Every year we hear of female teachers raping young boys in their classroom, inviting them over to the, uh, their home, uh, giving them liquor, uh, showing them pornographic movies, and take advantage of that young man. So race is not, it is not gender biased. It is a desire for power, dominance, and self-gratification, and self-gratification. Uh, so we, in El Islam, we are to uh, protect ourselves from a, an enemy that the human being has. And that enemy is called Satan, that type of mind that wants to devalue the human being, lower the human being down to the, the level of less than an animal. We have to be aware of his presence. Don't discount it. Don't say, oh, well, I'm, I'm all right. Well, yes, you may be all right, but the person you are socially involved with they may not be all right. They may have been negatively affected in the area of power, dominance, and self-gratification. Uh, now, I want to ask you a question, Naima. Did you report this attempted rape to the proper authority? This was not just something to be brushed under the rug because when his position... He's coming in contact with a lot of women. And for their protection, he needs to have been exposed. He needs to have been exposed. So I, I'm, I, I can't say what I would have done, but that is a traumatic experience, and we are grateful that you want to Get that out of your system. Talk about it. Share how you felt 
about that. Regurgitate that. Don't just hold that within. So that's my summation on race, the idea of power, dominance, and sexual gratification. So we can't look at someone and say, well, no, he's all right. Yeah. And as you remember, as, as you mentioned, there are uncles, stepdads, dads, family members that have raped young women and young men in their family. So we must be, we must take precaution. I can't read the mind of another person, but I can use the protection that Almighty God has afforded us. And we should do that. It's not the idea of you don't trust him. I don't trust Satan. I do not trust the enemy of human beings. I don't trust him. So I'm going to follow the guidance that my Lord has provided for me. So I want to address the question that you've asked. Uh, We need to take a break. Um, And, of course, I want to invite our listeners to call in 515-605-9325 or 515-605-9891 and press 1 because we want to open your mic and get your thoughts on this very difficult aspect of our human condition men, women, and rape. How do we remove sexual assault from our culture? And as my co-host Brother Kareem has pointed out, sexual assault is not just men on women. Sometimes it's women on men. We've we've seen those situations like you described. And so I want to address everything that you brought up and look at it from the standpoint of what is our ultimate objective as a human species here on this planet? Why are we here and what are we seeking to evolve to and how do we make that happen? We'll be right back after this quick break. We want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in just a moment. And, again, we want you to call in. 515-605-9325 and press 1 to join this conversation as we talk about men, women, and rape. How do we remove sexual assault from our culture? We'll be right back after this quick break, so stay with us. In to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Sofa Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. 
Hey, it's time to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibration. Shalom. Hi, this is John Alexander. And I'm Naima Latif. Meet people like you who are making a positive difference in the world. Big difference. Watch us every day on The Media Connection at www.youtube.com slash The Media Connection TV. YouTube it. We'll see you soon. There are people who choose to make a positive difference in the world. Our job is to bring you their stories to motivate you to do the same. Join us each week, host John Alexander and Naima Latif, as we bring you the educators, entertainers, elected officials, religious leaders, and community activists whose works are transforming this world. Find out how you can make a difference, too. Be inspired. Watch the Media Connection. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Tuesdays at 12 noon on Cable TV Channel 19 in Chicago. and other cities, check your local cable listings. Global Radio TV show. I'm Naeem Latif, along with our co-hosts, Kareem Hamid and our American Muslim 360 family, and we are talking about the topic of men, women, and rape. How do we remove sexual assault from our culture? And before the break, uh, did I report this to the authorities uh, you did not hear the first part, I relayed an experience which during the pandemic, and, and, I, and I gave the whole scenario so it's understood, you know, why were we alone in a hotel room to have a conversation where, you know, nothing else was open, you know, not wanting to go and, you know, be able to talk at pizza, that sort of thing. Uh and in fact, I trusted this person because they were a prominent Christian pastor of a church. And I'm not, I'm not even giving names now because I'm not. My intention is not to try to mar someone or have someone persecuted or prosecuted, whatever the case may be. You know what you are as a being. You know what you have done. You know what's on the inside of you. If you value your soul, why would you ever violate someone else? Because of what you want to be and what you are projecting yourself as. Every act is an act of self-definition. 
What do you want to define yourself as? If you love yourself, you define yourself in the highest terms by the way you treat others. This is the consciousness, this is the awareness that we must as individuals and as a collective evolve to so that we're treating people the way we wish to be treated. We're treating people with respect because we respect ourselves and we're choosing to define ourselves in the highest expression, in the expression of the divine, because we know we are expressions of the divine. And we do get misguided. We do get influenced not in our highest good or in the highest good of others. But we always have to come back and self-correct and reflect. So now you mentioned Satan. You mentioned the lower energetic experience and the influence of the unseen. And all of us are energetic beings. All of us are energy interacting. And all of us have the power to influence the behavior of others based on what we do. All of us have that. But you will notice, and I'm sure you can attest to this, as you grew in your spiritual awareness, Brother Kareem, you know, and of course you're now, you know, a leader in, a, in the community. But as you grew in your awareness, there's a difference between your experiences with your companions now than perhaps when you are were, were lesser evolved and maybe hung around people who did things that were not appropriate. And they can influence you back then. They can't influence you now because that's not where you're tuned in. That's not who you associate with. That's not who has your, who, who, who has your ear. That's not, you might have companions who you knew maybe as a teenager or as a child, and, you know, they might be somewhere robbing a liquor store or something. They can't call you and say, hey, brother, let's go and, you know, knock off this liquor store, and you're going to go, yeah, let's go do that. That's not who you are. They can't influence you. doesn't matter how broke you might get or whatever. That's not something you're going to do. So, if we are intending to evolve, and that's our goal, then we know that there's a certain point you're not listening to that voice. That voice doesn't have any influence on you. That energy, that unseen energy that appeals to your lower nature to harm someone else or to have, try to have power over someone else or to use somebody else's body for your physical pleasure and make them comply to feel power, to feel sexual gratification, who you are. So that voice can't influence you. And that is the process of evolution. You do not succumb to the voice that is going to take you to a level of self-degradation because that's not where you are. You so, know, Sister Naima, even yeah. at this stage in my life, 
uh, I have lived almost a, a regular lifetime. Um, but I don't take that for granted. I still seek refuge with my Lord from the accursed Satan. I seek refuge. As a matter of fact, um, the Christians have a saying, something about say some certain words and Satan will flee from you. So ideas... Resist the devil, he will flee from you. <laughs> That's the same. Yeah. Resist the devil, he yeah. will from, flee from you. Yes. Now, here, here is, you know, Almighty God has given us limited free will. Limited free will. And how we apply that free will is up to us. Um, you can do a, a wrong, you can commit a great sin, and no one, and you got away with it. No one is aware of it. And, and uh, you can say to yourself, ooh, I got away that time. And uh, that type of behavior can continuously grow because you're focused on what the people might know, may find out, what the people may think about you. But there is a three-stage development for human beings. Almighty God mentions, and highly praised be he, those who believe in God. And the last day, the day of accounting, when all matters shall be brought forward, small or great. So the idea that I will be held accountable, that my creator will hold me accountable for my actions here, being consciously aware of that should cause pause when these type of thoughts and influences enter our thinking and our emotions and our feelings, that I'm going to be, I'm going to have to answer for this. That's the part that, that is usually left out of religious discussion. Yes, we believe, but do you believe in the day of accounting? When God shall judge you and have a hellfire as your destination, we must remain conscious of that. That is part of being God conscious, of being God conscious. So we, we are, are blessed to have a faith where about one month of every year, one month called Ramadan, it is a month of fasting during the daylight hours. We're not to eat food. We're not to drink liquids. And we're not to have sexual intercourse with our wives for for the whole day as long as as there is daylight. So we we are disciplining ourselves to have control over ourselves, that's an excellent regimen. And God says that fasting is for me, is for him. So 
we restrain our appetites and we are to engage in diligent religious study and we are to increase our charitable giving, it humbles you. It humbles you. So these are our uh, requirements. In Islam that we fast the month of Ramadan, whereby we, we gain control of our five senses. The Prophet Muhammad said, get control of five before five be your downfall. Our five senses, our emotions, our thinking, our feeling, our sight, taste, all of that. So these are the lessons that need to be shared. And God tells us that he has dignified honor. He holds all the descendants of Adam, male and female, honorable and dignified. So I have to, to share within my, within my Lord's assessment of the ancestors of Adam that everyone is due honor, and dignity. And if I don't do that, that there's a, a there is a time coming called the Akhirah, whereby judgment is real. Allah says to us in the Quran, why nor el and the fire is real. It is not a fantasy. It is real. So with teachings like that and truly embracing what I presented will protect us from the whispers and the influence of the shaitan. We seek refuge with my Lord from the, the slinking whisperer who withdraws after his whisper. He'll suggest something to you. And you, you act on it. And the results of it can be horrendous. But, oh, but he's not there. He don't share in the results. So we have to be aware of the day of accountability. That is a, an enforcement mechanism that we apply to ourselves, self-mastery and self-control, and that we will be held accountable for all, everything that we do be they small or great. The same way that we believe fully in Almighty God, we must also believe fully that Almighty God shall judge us after this, this dispensation in time. No policeman, we, I, I, I don't need a policeman. God is protecting me. I seek refuge with him, and that I remain God-conscious at all times. For I have an enemy that wants to take me me away from my original, pure human nature. I'm glad you said that. That is very important that we understand the day of accountability. You don't get away. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that about our original nature, because I think that is what 
when we understand that our original nature is the God consciousness, the expression of God, the love, the purity. We don't come into this world with a propensity to harm. That becomes a reaction. Like you say, what happened to people that created that person? And how do we remove that from our cultures? We know that an abuser is often one who has been abused. And so this perpetuating of abuse is something that can be stopped and eliminated from our human culture. You mentioned the practice during Ramadan of the fasting and the abstention of sexual intimacy. All of these things are designed for us to master our physical nature, for us to master our senses. We are here in this earth experience inside these bodies to master them, to master the physical experience, to master the emotions so that we do no harm. Now, we would not have been given a teaching to give us the ways to develop mastery, the ultimate goal was not mastery. And if mastery was not possible. So if we have reached a point of understanding that this is why we're doing these things, this is why we're engaging these exercises to become this higher evolved being that exists, because generally whatever faith you follow it was inspired by someone who was demonstrating that mastery. And we have, we have among our host team, we've got people who are Buddhists, who were raised in the Jewish tradition, who've been raised in the Christian tradition, who have practiced the Muslim tradition. But it doesn't matter what side of the mountain you choose to come up. There is a top of the mountain that you're all seeking to reach, and that top of the mountain is that God consciousness in which you will do no harm to any other being, and you exist only in the spirit of love. The top of the mountain, there is no Satan, because the lower thoughts only exist at the lower level. So once you reach the top of the mountain, you don't worry about, well, I'm going to be influenced by this voice. That voice is down where you no longer exist. And so if you're climbing the mountain and you reach the top, you're only going to experience those who have also reached the top unless you keep going back down. And you have the free will to do that. But why would you do that when you know at the bottom of the mountain is where, and the valley is where all of the negative behavior exists, all the self-depreciating, all of the, all of the self-destructive behaviors exist. Why would you keep going down there where there, there is pain and fear when you know at the top of the mountain there is bliss, there is love, there is heaven. So if whatever faith you follow gets you to the top of the mountain, that's where you reside, that's where you stay, that's where you experience life. And you're right, we have the free will to choose. 
But aren't we all here not only to get to the top of the mountain, but to help others get to the top as well so we can all live in bliss. We can all live in joy. We can all live in love and not in fear of each other. We should not be living in fear of each other, and we should be seeking to evolve to that permanent state where we are all living at the top of the mountain. That's the purpose of our our spiritual teaching. Whatever religious following, the goal is to reach the top and to live at the top so that we experience all of the expressions of the divine. If we never get there, what's the point of practicing anything if you're never going to reach it? And if we don't believe we can ever reach it, we will never reach it. So now I want to, before we take another break, I want to address the, the, the question you asked about, did I contact the authorities? Yeah, did I bust this brother out for what he did? Yeah, he's in a respected position. A whole lot of people are that are doing this same thing. But I also want to point out the question that you read or, or the, 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 the point you raised about, well, you know, you were alone with this person. And our faith teaches that we shouldn't be alone. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true. But, you know, of course, as a businesswoman, as you know, a person who's out and about, you know, I, 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 I interact with people that I trust. And I should be able to trust mm-hmm. someone if they are representing a spiritual uh, evolution of thought. Now, of course, that person was at that state where they were, as you might say, listening to the voice of, the negative energy that can influence us. And that can happen at any point in time. But do you really want to define yourself as that? That's, again, like saying we're born in sin. That's like saying my nature is to harm. Is that really how any man or woman wants to define themselves? Or do you want to define yourself as an expression of God? Because that's who you really are. You just need to be reminded and remembered and to, just, and to choose to live in that state of being. When everybody lives in that state of being, then we're all safe. So we need to believe that that's possible. Otherwise, we will never get out of this culture of fear of each other and culture of abuse of each other. We have to believe that we are expressions of God and that we are capable of living in that state of being. As this woman, Marla Morgan, witnessed and experienced in her time with the Aboriginal people. And they said, we know about Jesus. He didn't come to us because we didn't forget our original teachings. You people did. We, and, and I believe our guest last week had reminded us that the teachings of God didn't just start with the prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon him. didn't start with Jesus. didn't start with Buddha. It started at the beginning of human existence. This is who we are. We are divine expressions of God having an experience inside a physical vessel. But who we are, our divine nature is who we are seeking to return to. That's what our religions are helping us do, to return to our original nature. But if we don't believe that's our original nature, we'll never strive for it. And all the practices of Ramadan will mean nothing if we don't believe we can attain it. And if we don't believe we can attain it, then no one is safe from us 
which means this world will continue to exist in a state of fear of each other. Why are we here if we cannot you know, evolve to that higher state? You know, God would not mission the human being on something that is impossible for the human being to achieve, you know, for real. He would not place a burden on us greater than we can bear. It is is achievable to remain God conscious, to be of value to the society in which we live. We have a, I don't know how many millions of examples of people like that. So it is obtainable. Now, what you are what you are doing now, you are educating. You are educating. I don't know who is on this line, but you are educating. There are people that's not uh, exposed to the education that you are giving at this time. There are some that are not God conscious. There are people that are not God conscious. There are people, some are, some are, but have made, have took an oath. I will not be good. We cannot change them. We can only speak a word to the right. You can only speak a word to the right. So we are grateful to have been educated as to what we are and how we are to treat one another, but above all, remain God-conscious and aware that God shall call us to account for all, for in all matters. So that is the enforcement for me. Let me speak of myself. That is the enforcement mechanism for me. I have, I, I have the free will to do whatever I want whatever I want, but what prohibits me from doing that? I don't have a desire for certain low-level low level activity as a human being. I will not debase myself, but also that Almighty God shall call me to account. That is real. That is, look, you know, we need, you know, and, and I don't mean any, harm or or any insulting of my Christian brethren, but a lot of them know, a lot of them are aware of the day of accountability. They are aware of the day of judgment. But I'm here, but also I'm here, I've, I've heard it shouted out loud, he has already paid the price. Who? Jesus, for what? For my sins. It doesn't matter anymore. He has paid the price for my sins. God tells us in the Quran, highly praised be he, no soul can bear the burden of another. You are responsible for your own soul. I can't make you exempt from God's judgment. All matters shall be dealt with. So that is that has to be. We have to understand that, and not be tricked into that. I can do whatever I want. There's no there's no consequences. 
I got away with it because James didn't see me or Martha didn't see me. Abdul didn't see me. But God is ever present. And the angels write down. The angels write down our behavior. So educating human beings to that fact that, that I'm sharing now will hopefully eradicate the rampant explosion of sin on this earth. It's one thing to believe in God, but do you believe in the day of accountability? Well, you know, uh, we got to take a break, but when we come back, let's let's talk about what people actually believe is going to happen to them when they leave this world and how that belief can, in fact, influence their decisions on how they treat others. And we want you all to really reflect on how you treat others. And if you really believe that any consequences if the law does not intervene. You asked me about did I report this to the authorities? No, but we'll talk about why when we come back after the break. And if you're listening online, we want you to join this conversation. Give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you're ready to speak. And we will certainly get your thoughts. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and we'll be right back after this quick break. So we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back. In just one moment, so stay with us. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Self-Care with Jody Susan. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Well-Being with Viata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com 
where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products. And they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced. And we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family. And of course, if you're listening online, you can join this conversation. Give us a call, 515-605-9325 or 515-605-9891. And press 1 so that our hosts can... Open your mic and get your thoughts as we continue our discussion on men, women, and rape. How do we remove sexual assault from our culture? And if you've just tuned in, of course, I relayed a, a, an experience that I had with a trusted member of the community, <laughs> a uh, church pastor friend who was visiting and came into town and I went to visit and find myself uh, fighting my way out of the room as this person was literally trying to tear my clothes off and I'm finding my way out of the room, finally escaped. But it was a traumatizing experience because, you know, again, we all have free will, but Every act is an act of self-definition. How do you wish to define yourself based on your respect for yourself and your understanding of your relationship with the divine? And uh, Karine mentioned or asked about reporting this incident to the authorities. I mean, is this somebody who's been, you know, doing this and they've got this uh, trusted position. Well, we know we have a whole lot of members of the clergy that are being exposed now for uh, sexual assault of of young members, both male and female. This is happening. And when you're trusted, because it's assumed that you have a relationship with our creator that would prevent you from 
violating yourself by violating someone else, people tend to trust you. There are many, many people who violated the trust that they gained from being a spiritual leader in the community. And it's devastating. And we've had we've had some uh, we've had some authors of books who have revealed that they have had that experience, and they've talked about it, and they've exposed these people because, regardless of the religious label that a person carries, you are who you are on the inside, and either you have evolved to that level of understanding that you are always accountable for your actions, whether the law. The man's law, the police, and the court system discover what you've done and prosecute you or not. And, you know, it was interesting thing that the Aboriginal people, I talked about the book um, Mutant Message Down Under, where a woman named Marla Morgan, a Caucasian woman, spent about three months in an Aboriginal community in Australia. And these people, they call themselves the real people because they say, we never lost the original teachings of our creator. We live in a state of harmony. They're even telepathic. They can, they, they, they don't, she, with all the time she was, there was only one person who spoke English and he was her interpreter. But the rest of the time, most of the time they were in silence unless they were singing together because they said, well, you know, we don't, we don't have any, we don't lie. We don't steal. We don't, we don't harbor things that are untrue. So we don't mind sharing what's in our hearts and minds. So we never lost the ability to communicate telepathically, which is the original language of all beings. We send and receive thoughts and feelings, and we have that ability until we lose it when we become untruthful. So they demonstrated to her a spiritual level that they live on as a, as a state of being, and she was fascinated because, of course, this is not how Western society lives. People lie, they cheat, they steal, they assault each other. They wore very little clothing, but there was no fear of assault of anybody of any kind because they had evolved to that level. Well, they said they never left that level. And so they live as we have the power to live. And as you said, why would our creator give us laws and rules and, 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 and guidelines and practices if we can never evolve to that level, it would be futile. Why are we doing this? Are we always going to be still basic, uh, barbaric, uh, destructive, violent people? If we can't evolve out of that, what's the point of having religion if it doesn't help you? So obviously you have to have an example of this being possible, which is why we have people that demonstrate what it looks like when you are in that state of being where you are a reflection of divine energy and nothing else. If it were not possible, we would not be given guidelines to reach it. So that being the case, people who claim to have evolved and have a title or a position as a spiritual leader, it's trusted that they have reached a certain level where you can trust them. Now, when you discover that they haven't, that is devastating, and that's why it's been so devastating. Matter of fact, there's an organization now, of, 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 I think a national organization of people who've been assaulted by clergy, 
the the problem is so prominent have have chapters have organizations built around helping people heal from the trauma of being assaulted by a member of the clergy. So how is it that you have teachings that are designed to help you evolve out of behaviors that hurt people and you haven't evolved? Is it you don't really believe that you're held accountable? And it must be. You don't really believe it. Oh, I'm doing this, but I don't really, ain't, ain't gonna, anyway, yeah, you know, you live, you die, you get what you can, nothing's going to happen. After. I mean, you obviously must not believe that you have to face what you've done. And some people say, well, nobody's ever died to come back to state. Well, actually, they have. They're all over the Internet now. Look up near-death experience for those who want to know. Yeah, you do. You experience everything you did to people. You That, that is the accountability. You do experience the pain that you caused. You do see how you hurt people, and you do feel bad, and it is a hellish experience when you see how you've hurt people. But if you don't believe that, then you won't strive to remove that which is within you that causes pain and suffering to others. So we're all here not only to evolve back to that state of purity ourselves, but to help our fellow brothers and sisters, our fellow beings on this journey through earth experience to evolve to that state as well so that we can be safe. Because police can't keep us safe. They can punish people for having done wrong, but we don't want the wrong to exist. We don't want to experience the wrong. And I don't want to call police on you because you've assaulted me. I want you not to assault me. I don't want that experience. No one wants that experience. So we should want the best for all of us. We should want the best for everybody on the planet. We want to be able to non-fear. Living in fear is hell. So if I have to fear everybody that's in my midst, I'm living in hell. Why would we want to create a hell by keeping people in a state of ignorance? It's just like living in a bad neighborhood where you have people who don't have any self-control. They might rob you. They might steal you. They might assault you. You can't have peace. So what do you do, lock yourself in your home? Well, I'm going to be safe. But you can't live. So the earth is not supposed to be a prison. It's supposed to be a paradise. But it can only be paradise when everybody has evolved to that higher consciousness where we don't have to live in fear. So I understand what you're saying, Brother Kareem, about our religion provides as a safeguard. And we know that people were coming out of ignorance, and I'm sure there was a whole lot of sexual assault going on because there's wars going on. And people assault each other during war because war is about power. So these guidelines are there given to people coming out of the ignorance of war so that they could evolve out of that state of being. But the ultimate goal is that we can live in peace because we can live in trust of each other because we have evolved. And we have to keep striving to evolve. Oh, reach that top of the mountain where there's only a heavenly existence. So how do we remove sexual assault from our culture? It has to be removed from the culture, meaning it can't be something that's accepted or expected. 
And there's something we have to be teaching our children and demonstrating to them so that they understand that you do not violate a person by touching them in any way that they do not desire. That is possible to do. We have to choose to do it. I realize the lower energy that people term Satan is there. We have to stop empowering that energy by claiming it when we should be evolving to where it doesn't exist. We have to stop giving it power and saying, well, I might still listen. Well, then why would you do that to yourself? And you know that when you leave this body, you're going to experience everything you did while in this body. And if you hurt people, it's going to hurt you if you know that. And whatever faith you follow, somewhere in there it teaches you you're going to experience the pain that you cause others. So why would you choose to listen to a voice, listen to a prompting, listen to an urging that you know is going to lead you to do something harmful to yourself and others? Don't you love yourself enough not to want to be that person that hurts someone? Or yourself. So this past Sunday, my sisters and I do a show, Three Black Moms, and we talked about songs that reinforce the rape culture, the idea that, you know, somebody has to, that you can make somebody um, have a sexual experience with you, whether they want to or not, or they they ought to, or, you know, in matter of fact, I think there was – uh, our Saturday host out of London, Jana, did a show where she was talking about uh, situa- the situation with a woman. I think she had refused to give this guy her phone number, and he killed her, which, again, the culture that, that we've had to work on, even with the Me Too movement, the idea that it's a woman's fault if a man assaults her or if she's alone with him and he assaults her where she should have known that he might do that. That is a cultural attitude that has to be erased because it should not be expected. And no man should want to keep reinforcing the thought, I'm really a rapist. Unless, you know, uh, you know if, I'm in the, if I'm in the presence of a woman, I'll probably rape her. And it's her fault. It's the thought that maintains the culture of rape that we have to remove. We have to choose to remove it because we cannot live in fear of each other. We cannot keep reinforcing the thought, my nature is to rape or my nature is to assault or I can't control my sexual drive or my drive for power. I'm going to hurt someone. That's my nature. We can't keep reinforcing that false thought if we know that we are not born in sin. If we know we're not naturally barbaric, if we say that we know this, then we have to work toward creating the culture that we – and the last thing I want to say, and I, I, we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks since I came back from South Korea, and was in the presence of people that were choosing to express their highest self. We heard no cursing. We heard we, we, we heard no arguments. We saw no displays of anger. We saw 
no violence. And this was five days in the presence of people who were part of the organization Heavenly Culture, World Peace, Restoration of Light. A vision by Chairman Manhe Lee that you can create a world that is a heavenly culture. Well, don't all of our religions teach that? So why don't we believe we can create that heaven on earth? Why aren't we choosing to help people evolve to that state where they are expressing their God consciousness so that we can all live in that heaven instead of living in fear? We have to believe it's possible. We have to believe it's possible. And we have to strive for it. Because it is possible. I've experienced it even though just five days, what it feels like to not have fear of people. I don't want to have fear. I don't want to have fear of my male friends. I don't want to have fear of my female friends. I don't want to have fear. I want to live in peace. And I can do that if everybody is choosing to live in their highest state of consciousness. That is possible. So, can we create a culture of peace and security and safety where no one lives in fear of being violated? Can we do that? That's my question. Naima, uh, it is possible. We are promised that. Let me say this. We are promised that. The destiny we shall return back to that environment, that 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 state of being called paradise. The religions are revealed to reform the world, to reform the world, uh, and Almighty God is not a liar. He says to us, as it was in the beginning. So shall it be in the end. We got our existence. We were in in what we call paradise or in heaven. And God has promised that the, the human family shall return back to that state of paradise, that state of heaven. So it is I'm I'm not just saying it is possible. I'm saying that it will happen because God does not make errors. He does not make mistakes. All we can do is what you and you and others are doing is speak a word to the right. Speak a word to the right. Words have power. Words have influence. Words shape and form us. From the inside out, um, our Prophet Muhammad, we pray the prayers and the peace be upon him. He was somewhat perturbed because the uh, people weren't accepting at the rate that he expected. Almighty God reminded him, highly praise the Almighty God, your job, Muhammad, is to just deliver the message and make it clear. Make it clear and plain. Don't worry over these people. They are my people, Muhammad, not yours. 
not yours. You just deliver the message and make it plain and clear like you are doing now, like the majority of us that have embraced Almighty God. We speak speak a word to what is just. We speak of that's the only power we have. You can lock someone up, but they still may remain that same that that same person, or either get worse. But all we can do is speak a word to the right and demonstrate by the example of our own lives how to live in the ethical and just society. That is all we can do. You can't make someone, you can't legislate morality. We don't, you, you can't legislate it. It is, the individual has to volunteer to live a moral, clean life. So what you are doing now, you are being heard across this country right now. And I'm quite sure it's having a positive effect. That's all we can do. That's the truth of the matter. You know, that's that's the challenge that we have. As you said, you can't you, you can make laws for people to follow them, but because we're all here on our free will, uh, people can choose to follow them or not. And we have police and court systems punitive for people who don't follow the law. But ultimately, we want to evolve to a state where we don't need the police or the court system Mm -hmm. because we're choosing Mm -hmm. to follow the law that's in the best interest of all. That's that's the goal. And as you said, we're promised that we're going to get there. And because our spiritual beliefs are supposed to help us get there, we strive to exemplify what it looks like when we have arrived at that state of consciousness where we do no harm to any other being. And we don't need police to manage us. We don't need to be controlled by a legal system because we're self-managed. As you mentioned, what Ramadan does in teaching you self, your, your physical desires would never overpower you and cause you to violate someone else in any way, whether it's steal from them or any other thing, because you have mastery over your five senses. And this is why we're here, having this physical experience to master our five senses and to create the paradise that our existence was in the beginning. So if we can inspire people by demonstrating what it's like to live in a state of heavenly bliss, then they will choose with their own free will to follow a way of life that causes no harm. And that doesn't mean fight to convert you to my religion or you have to fight to convert me to yours because all faiths are designed to help us reach that top of the mountain where we will all be living in bliss. Now, this 
I believe this weekend, the organization Heavenly Culture, World Peace, Restoration of Light, HWPL, who sponsored the Global Peace Summit a few weeks ago, is having one of their weekly interfaith dialogues. And one of the reasons why they instituted that was so that people of all faiths could see we're not enemies of each other. We're all following a path to get us to that point of enlightenment. So let's share those beliefs we have in common and those where we differ, well, let's work on either respectfully agreeing to disagree or to perhaps teach each other a different understanding that would help each other in our mutual quest to evolve. And we can do that without being enemies. We can do that without anger. We can do that without violence. And if we can do that, then we can help teach the rest of the world, which is why we're following these faiths, so that we can be the example, and then others will choose to evolve in the way that is best for them. Whatever path of light they choose, it will help them in their evolution, and then we can collectively live in a world where everybody is self-managed, and nobody has to live in fear of anyone else because everyone is choosing to treat others as they wish to be treated. That's the goal, and we have to believe it can be done in our lifetime, which is why we're doing these shows, is why we have these, these programs, these broadcast channels, these stations, these, these gatherings on the Internet that is global so that the whole world can collectively share knowledge that will help in our evolution. We have the tools that we need now in our time. Our creator has enabled us to somewhere we can talk to each other everywhere in the world. So we should be able to evolve out of behaviors that cause hurt and suffering because we have knowledge and understanding. Now we have to develop empathy for each other. We have to teach empathy so that you feel pain that you cause me, so that you choose not to cause me pain. When we can develop that, then we don't have to worry about Satan or any other voice because inside of us we don't want to cause pain. And nobody can say anything to make us change our mind. We have to get to that level. We have to know that level exists so that we can choose to get to that level. I think we got to take one last break. Uh, I think I just want to share. A, well, I'll share some thoughts that, that people have said on our Facebook channel after the break. And if you're on any of our switchboards, got a few more minutes in the show after the break. And so we invite you to press one and make your uh, thoughts heard. And we'll be right back after this quick break. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in just one moment, and we want you to stay with us. Assalamu alaikum, dear listeners. And we will be right back. our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, 
Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out I and we're it. sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456 and schedule a free consultation. That's Global Radio TV show, and we are joined by our American Muslim 360 family, as we are every Wednesday, and our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and we are going to go to our callers as we continue our discussion today on men, women, and rape, how do we remove sexual assault from our culture, and before we take a call, I just want to share with you a few comments from our Facebook and YouTube family. And uh, our Friday host, Viana, says, Grand Rising Queen, a Grand Rising Queen. She says, greed and ignorance is part of the reason we have suffering in the world. Let us continue to teach and promote wisdom, truth, and love. Yes, that's what we do every day here on the Female Solution. And, of course, uh, our American Muslim 360 family on AM 360, uh, giving people insight, our our job is to help the human family evolve. And our Monday morning mindfulness host says, Grand Rising, beautiful teachers, the people must demand it, just like they did with the George Floyd and other incidents. We must demand it. It will stop. That's true. And that's that's when it comes to changing the culture, just like we work on changing the culture of racism and not making it okay to treat people badly because we don't like their skin color or hair texture or any other physical feature. Uh, We have to remove the gender-based disrespect. And again, sexual assault is not something that is exclusive to males on females. We've had the opposite. There's a book that I've been uh, promoting for a while, um, and I urge people to go on the on the uh, on the website channelingjesus.com and get the book by Tina Louise Spaulding called "Making Love to God." And that that title, people who 
see sexuality and spirituality as somehow in conflict, and that's part of the problem. We don't see that our sexuality is a spiritual act, which is why it's used as a weapon of power. And when we correct our beliefs about sexuality, we can correct a lot of this aberrant behavior of assault. We have to correct what we're teaching even in our spiritual beliefs about sexuality. That is the highest energetic expression and will take us closer to the divine, but we have, we have distorted its meaning, and this is why it's used and misused as a weapon of power, whether it's male on female or female on male or female on female and male on male. It's assault of one's physical body. It's a violation, and we can remove it from our culture if we choose to. Let me take a call, and let me know, Brother Kareem, if you've got a call on your uh, switchboard, and we will certainly open your mic. And let's go to area code 312-882, Grand Rising. Introduce yourself to our listening and doing audience, and give us your comments on men, women, and rape. How do we remove sexual assault from our culture? We are in your shalom and grand rising to you, sister, uh, Naima, and, and brother Kareem. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, brother Mr. Robert Floyd Plum. Yes. How are you today? I am blessed by the best, fantastic, and all about Success breeds success. You know, this is a problem that, you remember they used to say brothers going to work it out in the music, mm-hmm. but it's going to be brothers and sisters, men, women, and children going to work it out. And I'm going to cut a new track on that. <laughs> you know, you're right. You and Brother Kareem is right on top. Thank God for for the female solution. Thank God for us that we can promote peace, love, unity, marketing people, and that's plump. And we are doing a plump million man march celebration uh, honoring Mayor Washington, and we started it on Monday, October the 16th, and we're going to keep it going forever uh, on the fact that uh, we, uh, uh, you know, is asking everybody to go to Plump Foundation uh, dot org. To see the great well, let me ask you this question. Yes, Plum, let me ask you this question uh, because I remember it was it was very profound. Uh, all of these almost nearly two thousand men gathered at the nation's capital and atoned for the way women have been mistreated and not stepping up in their roles as men and not expressing their divine nature as men and made a pledge that they were going to change. And that was very, that was a profound moment that affected, that affected our lives. That affected the next generation you, that you, witnessed that. So we, and, and that was right. a very peaceful gathering. And yet yes. something happened that brought us you, back to a level of degradation. Suddenly we had the violence in our youth. Uh, suddenly we had, the, the 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 gang violence, the drugs, suddenly things just toppled. In your opinion, what happened? The reason why that pledge to take men to that higher level of consciousness was not 
continuously manifested. What what didn't we do after that big display that everybody in the world saw, in your opinion? What thank, didn't happen? The you. reason why we're where we are now. Thank you. And we do have our opinion. We all have an opinion. I think we became disconnected. We we were at one point connected to God and we became disconnected. So we you know, the higher self is from the neighbor up and the lower self is from the neighbor down, and we have to uh, turn back to God is the solution, and uh, we have to uh, give, you know, our support uh, to the roots of black power, and we are creating a, a library that we might be able to study our historical archives, including uh, the Million Man March. Matter of fact, it was two million, Sister Naima. And yeah, for more yeah, information, which is a key to success, information is a key to success. So Prop is still doing, you know, what we call the struggle, the movement, and, and the coalitions of Mayor Washington continues. So brothers and sisters can reach me, and I want Brother Kareem to uh, call me, too, at 312-882-5935, because it takes a village to raise one child, and no one can raise a kid. And a kid is a baby goat, a beast, a rebellious, uh, you know, uh, animal uh, against God. So we have to uh, become uh, civilized human beings and, 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 and trust God and trust each other. And we lost that trust along the way. And thank you again yes, for asking did. me. And I hope that, yes. you know, we can rebuild, we can re-educate, and we can keep it real, you know, as we go on from uh, October 16th, 2023, which was 28 years, and I've been there the whole time supporting the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam for the 28 years. And I was at my... We appreciate that. We definitely do. We appreciate Uh, that so very much that you have been consistent and continue to do the work that you do. We got to take another call. See if we can squeeze in before uh, we go. Uh, Thank you so much, Minister Plump. And always do what you do. And we've got one more caller, and I don't know if you've got to call your line, but let me go to 872-731. And we'll go to your caller uh, right after that. Uh, 872-731. Give us your name where you're calling from and your comment about men, women, and rape. How do we remove sexual assault from our culture? Greetings. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, Greetings. I am. Loud and clear. Okay. I, um, I want to say I was one of the organizers with Dr. Uh, James Bevels. And mm-hmm. um, um, the minister of Firecon, he sanctioned the, the Day of Atonement. In fact, Dr. Bevels uh, wrote the book, uh, The Day of Atonement. So the purpose wasn't for a million men to march, but Minister Firecon uh, gave support to what Dr. Bevels was doing. Now, all the Gnostic men in the capital, uh, egotistical people, they joined mm. on to the billionaire march of capital life because Minister Farrakhan supported what Dr. Bevels and Dr. James Price did. Um, they wrote the clinic process and the Day of Atonement. And we, mm. were, we were sharing office on 75th Street. 
But then by Minister Farrakhan being such a spiritual and powerful man, that most of the Gnostics and the egotists and all the other ones support him in, in, in the march, you know. But Dr. James Price and, and James Bevel started off with the Day of Atonement. And uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I was one of the only females there when Dr. Price and Dr. Bevels was organizing this. But I would mm-hmm. like to say that um, they have in uh, Illinois right now $300 million for um, supplying permanent housing to the homeless. And uh, we can occupy, understood the McKinney Act, the housing that we have in our communities and develop them and give some of the clinic process that Dr. Bells and Dr. Price wrote as therapy to the people. And um, I'm uh, initiating a fundraiser and need all the organizations and people who are interested in, in seeing this flight done to join on. Um, well, well, before we take the next call, uh, Rashida, before we take the next call, just give us our uh, the website we can go to from, for information on that, and then we can take this last call before we go. Okay. It's um, www.grassrootsorganization.wordpress.com. www.grassrootsorganization.com. Uh, uh, organization, I-N-C, dot All right. G-O-N. And it's All right, we'll do that. grassroots professional fundraiser. We're selling T-shirts, All Life Matters, as well. Okay, That's well, thanks excited. so much. Keep doing what you do. We appreciate you so much. Go to the website. You want to participate in all activities that bring solutions. Thank you so much, Sister Rashida. And you got a call on your line, Brother Colonel. See if we can get to them before we have to go. Go right ahead. Yes, Eric called 724. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Female Solution. Assalamu alaikum. Is this Dale? Yes, it is. How are you? All right. I'm fine. Good to um, hear your voice again. Yeah, uh, yours as well. Uh, I was just listening to the program and I did hear your uh, story from the beginning. And mm-hmm. I think it does take men, women, and children to to help solve this issue. But I was wondering at the time um, when you met with uh, this uh, brother, were you married at the time? And no, why? I, 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 I'm widowed. I think everybody uh, who knows me knows that I was, uh, you know, had a wonderful marriage to my. Uh, partner, best friend, Sultan Abdul Latif, very highly uh, respected man in the community. So I am now widowed. But I'm sorry. And I'm glad you asked that question. I, I know we got to go in the next or so. But, yeah, I've been going uh, for a while. I think the first, the first uh, <laughs> thing that we have to be men and women is the first, the conversation is an intercourse too. Because we always think of intercourse on the level of sexual. But right. when we're talking in conversation, we're having an intercourse of words. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think maybe, you know, and I understand the whole environment that you set up, but still 
there was probably some kind of attraction to your spirit, to your words, and to your thing that the brother had before. And then when the environment came up, then there was, you know what I mean, the sad to say, then the next level. Well, this is this is the this is the point, and I know we got to leave. I, I know because your station shuts off at exactly nine, and I'm glad you brought that point up, sister, because one of the things that we're talking about today is removing the culture of rape, which means no matter what the attraction is, you have to, as a soul, choose not to violate someone, and that is a personal choice. And when we culturally no longer excuse it or expect it. It will no longer exist. So we have to make that choice. Right. As but what I'm saying is we have not to evolve. To but that's an evolution. Everybody doesn't get there at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. And, and, and we all have to evolve out of that. And even you, 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 I think you even expressed, okay, you didn't charge him, you didn't do this. But what you also didn't do is if you stop talking to him, he, you should have, when you got to a safe place and he got back to where he was, you should have called him and had a conversation with that brother because that the words attracted him from the beginning and maybe your words would help him because he may have uh, hopefully um, he hadn't done this before, but maybe he had. And, and this is a lot of uh, our men. And when we put ourselves in the environment for the negative to come down, the negative to come out of us, and um, but it's it's a it it can be seen in the society as a negative when it it in some ways it's a positive, especially in the in the environment of a marriage. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, a learning, learning experience. Know, you know, I agree. Yeah. 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 And I, I know, know our, our, our station is going So I think we have to encourage positive interactions with our males and females and our children. I don't, there's a lot of echoing. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe uh, the AMC 60 even, even going off in the What is the number where we could call? Uh, call we'll call with the I'm, I'm sorry, sorry what, was the, what was the question? question? Well, of course, we're, 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 on, we're on Facebook and, and YouTube, YouTube uh, the female, female solution. solution. And our number is also, uh, I, don't I, don't know, I don't know if the American Muslim Community uh, Channel is able to go past 9 o'clock, but I know that generally we have another program happening after that. So I'm going to let our, our uh, host close us out so that 
Wa alaikum salam. Yes, well, we thank you so much. Yes, well, we thank you so much for being with us today. And, you know, this is a very challenging um, situation for us as a human family, and we need to find ways to help each other evolve. That's what it's all about. We must become the people who are demonstrating the higher consciousness so that no one needs to live in fear of anyone. And we have the power to do that. So we must choose to do it. I want to thank all of you who've listened in and called in. Thank you to my co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family. And thanks to all of you on our switchboard and listening on Blog Talk Radio and all our other platforms, YouTube, Facebook, and we invite you to join us again tomorrow. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Cunion, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings.